0: Welcome to Prayer in Private Parts, a podcast about sex and Jesus.
1: I'm one of your hosts, Jill Thompson. I'm a registered psychologist and sexual health educator from Calgary, Alberta, Canada.
0: And my name is Nick Coates. I'm a minister here in Calgary.
1: This podcast is open, honest, raw conversations, most likely conversations you have not heard in church.
0: But we think you probably should. Each episode, we tackle a topic about spirituality and sexuality, and we see where it goes.
1: So let's get started. Welcome to Prayer in Private Parts, our podcast about sex and Jesus.
0: The only podcast in the world combining sex and Jesus.
1: It's exciting.
0: This is super exciting.
1: I'm excited. Um, so I think what we talked about is why we need to talk about why we're doing this before we talk about sex or Jesus.
0: And before we talk about that, let's, let's introduce ourselves. Oh, that's a good idea. So this, we're not just anonymous voices on the internet.
1: <laughs> I like to be anonymous. I could be like a you know, the anonymous group, and then say whatever I want with no consequence.
0: Ooh, That's my favorite kind of criticism. Yes. Anonymous criticism.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Has such power.
1: Well, I'm Jill Thompson. I'm a psychologist in Calgary, and I specialize in sex and gender and where they intersect with Jesus. So Christianity, all things church. Um, My life goal was to do sex ed in churches, and I've been working really hard on that. Nice. Yeah.
0: My name is Nick Coates. I'm a minister here in Calgary, too, and um, I love talking about uh, what it means to be human and alive in this world. And so for me, that's spirituality, sexuality. That's everything that makes up what it means to be alive here.
1: That's amazing. And I think that's why we connected the most, right?
0: I think Mm so. We always end up talking about these things.
1: Yeah, it always comes back to sex and Jesus.
0: Well, sex Two of the best things in the world. Yes. Can be maybe sometimes if you're lucky,
1: right? So why did why were if you're lucky? Why were you? Some people
0: have a really terrible experience with both of those things.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: which is really why we want to talk about yeah these two things because they can be such life giving for me at least. Mm-hmm. They can be such life giving, beautiful, liberating things that give us identity and purpose and meaning and hope. Uh, and. We've done a great job at ruining both of them.
1: Yeah. And I think that's why, where it comes from for me, because I was raised with such openness about sexuality. And then when I, and in the faith world, there was such openness. And then when I combined the two, it just was not open. And so that's where this come from, comes from for me, because Mm -hmm. I want it to be like that life giving and not hurtful.
0: Yeah. And I had similar experiences where they were kept very much apart. Mm -hmm. And To me, they go hand in hand, and to be spiritual is to be sexual. To be human is to be both of these things.
1: Yeah,
0: And so there has to be a way where they can go together in a a very life-giving and natural way. Yeah. And to have a chance to talk with you about how they do that and explore all the issues surrounding those things and why is it so difficult to put them together Mm -hmm. and what are some of the questions we should ask and some techniques we can practice to help us do that Yeah, and to bring some of our training and experience together to help people do that or at least just give people a forum to listen and talk about those things would be, would be pretty rad.
1: Yeah. I think I would love to echo that, especially in my experience with Christianity because I was so open about sexuality, people would pull me aside and whisper things or ask me questions about sex or gender. And I, I don't think it should be this shameful secret thing, but Mm -hmm. I think if somebody can even just listen to this to then open the conversation and go beyond beyond the podcast really and into their churches into their homes sex lives everything and talk about this everywhere
0: yeah so a podcast that gives people permission to talk about these things yes and the vocabulary and the space just to acknowledge that yeah your questions are our questions too and your experiences Mm -hmm. are our experiences and if we're talking about this no other people are talking about it
1: yeah
0: Um, and just make a space for it all
1: and not reducing it down to black and white yes or no I think that you and I really like sitting in the gray yes. and struggling with it. And because we have both different experiences in so many different ways, um, being very two different people, um, I think that we can have very different. It won't be as black and white, which I
0: like. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely not a podcast with straight up answers no. at the end of every episode.
1: <laughs> no. Go here. Leviticus 12. Is that the place to go? Don't go there. Do you know what
0: Leviticus 12 is? No.
1: No, me either. Okay. <laughs> I thought you knew when no. then I was nervous that I just sent somebody to no, the wrong. place. I
0: don't think. That it could be one of the really... Never mind. No, don't we're do
1: not, it. We're not going
0: to go there.
1: No, we won't do that. Well, and I think that's the difference between you and I. So I will talk... I mean, we'll have some overlap, but a lot of mine will be from mental health perspective and human perspective mm-hmm. and less theology. And I think that's probably where you're
0: take over. Yeah, much more comfortable talking about the, the yeah. theological, the spiritual mm-hmm. and how those things intersect and yeah. I'm super excited to learn some stuff from you about the mental health part and the psych- psychological part of that. Yeah, ditto.
1: So so it's
0: going to be psychology. fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super fun.
0: So what was the question that we stopped asking to introduce ourselves about? Why are we
1: doing this? Why are we doing well, oh, We, just, an we just answered that. Awesome. Yeah, good job team. <laughs> good job. High fives all around. But I think there's more to the why because I think I think so for me, it's not the black and white answers. It's being open so that it's not in the shadows and not this taboo thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think the, that's, for me, the why. I, I want people to talk about this, to be both a faithful person, a spiritual person, and a sexual being. That's important to me.
0: Yeah, and I, I think I'd echo that where yeah. in my own life, but also my, in my professional life, so many people mm-hmm. want to talk about sexuality uh, but they're scared to yeah uh, not only because they think it's something they're not allowed to talk about but they don't know how to talk about it and so yeah. to, to bring both of these things together and to look at how they can mutually inform each other and they are in some ways the same kind of thing um i think that's mm-hmm. such a, a great conversation that we can have especially in our day and age when you know sexuality and sexual assault and gender diversity and all those things are just being discussed everywhere. Yeah. And this is how does spirituality inform those things and what does our faith say about that? Yeah. That's where I want to come in and say that our faith does speak to those things Mm -hmm. and actually says something really positive and life-giving and uplifting for those of you who are, are rumbling with those things.
1: Yeah, and to acknowledge the pain and hurt that the church has caused by not talking about things. Or talking about things only in a black and yeah. white way.
0: Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you are one of those people that the church has hurt, mm-hmm. uh, this is not that kind of podcast. No. This is something that, Lord, I want to rectify and redeem your experiences and apologize on behalf of everyone. Yeah. And actually have the conversation that you've been longing to have.
1: Yeah. And I hope a little a little place of healing, like the start of healing.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Wherever you are on whatever spectrum, Right. Yeah. Oh, I
0: like that tagline. There we are.
1: Whatever you are on, what did I just say?
0: Whatever you are and wherever you are.
1: On whatever spectrum. Wherever you are, whatever you are on any spectrum. Uh, oh, like that. man, thank God this is recorded. We can go back. <laughs> we can go back. <laughs> and see what I said.
0: But no, yeah. since we, we've talked a lot about spirituality and sexuality. Yeah. Um, and sexuality being your bag. Yeah. Uh, what are we talking about when we talk about sexuality?
1: All things. I think what happens in our world When you hear the word sex or sexuality, people instantly think penis, vagina, and then penis into vagina. Here we are, getting real. Um, But it's so much more than that. And it's, you know, first of all, vulva is a word that we could all start learning about. Um, But it's so much more than just like body parts. It's so much more than penetration and the act of sex. And just sexuality is... I think it's intimacy, I think it's connection, I think it's anything from marriage to polyamory to gender to I don't know, sex work, masturbation, porn. I'm going to see how many of those words I can say. Uh identity.
0: How many ways can how you make someone turn this podcast yes. off?
1: Wait, have, are you still with us? Um consent, mm-hmm. dating, single them, divorce. I think it's you know, biology, it's sexually transmitted infections, it's how, how do we talk about condoms, how we negotiate, it's everything. Like, sexuality, We when we reduce it down to the act of sex, and especially heterosexual sex, we're missing so much of the conversation. So that's what sex is for me. How would you define sex? Would it be similar? I think so. Yeah?
0: Like, and my, my understanding of sexuality has certainly done a huge mm-hmm. um, evolution in the past two years. Yeah. Um, since having to talk about it at church, but also since meeting you and other people are actively talking about that, has definitely gone through its huge expansion yeah. and much more complicated than simply just yeah, put penis into the vagina, boom, good to go. Right. Um, and all the thing, and has grown to be all the things that you've mentioned. Yeah. And actually, be more about our entire, my entire being.
1: Yeah.
0: About it's all in some way. Um. About relationships and connection, about gender and bodies and relationships. Yeah, and it's, it's begun to encompass all of that.
1: Yeah, and I think it can be both positive and negative, and I think it can be both those at the same time. I think it can be a place of confusion, and I think it's ultimately really personal, yet also really connected. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's I guess for me, it's become like such a. It used to be just a like small part of what it means to be human, and for me, it's become such a an, mm-hmm. a core part of what my humanity is. As a, to be human is to be sexual.
1: Yeah. Well, I hope we get to know more about that and how you got there in that two years. Anyway, that's my personal. <laughs> Tell me how you would define faith, and because we're talking about faith and spirituality and sex and Jesus, like how would you define that spirituality faith
0: piece? Yeah. How I've come to. Where I'm at now, and I, I like to say that because I I want to leave room for my own growth and understanding, mm-hmm. um, but where I'm at now, spirituality is about uh, the connection and relationship we have with ourselves, each other, and with God, universe, spirit, source, whatever word you want to use for that, something bigger yeah. than ourselves. And so spirituality is not necessarily part of a faith or tradition, um, but how we relate to the people and world around us. So Mm -hmm. that interconnectivity is, is our spirit and for faith. um, I'm at a place now where I would kind of define that as trust in, maybe in a certain tradition, maybe in a certain practice, Mm -hmm. but in this way of, this is how the world works. This is what it means to be human and live in this world. So I'm going to put my trust in that. Yeah. And so for me, I talk a lot about the faith and spirituality of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I love Jesus because I think he opens up a way of understanding our connection with God and each other and ourselves that Mm -hmm. is fundamentally about love and grace and worth and dignity. And my faith, his faith is kind of the practices of repentance and forgiveness and reconciliation and justice. Mm -hmm. And that's the way that I want to follow.
1: And that was great. Definition.
0: Thanks. Yeah. It better be. I do this for a living.
1: (laughs) But even as you're saying that, because So, I mean, you've been to a few of my workshops because I do lots of workshops in churches. They're amazing. Thank you. Um, They come, I think what makes them is the people in the room, right? And so you've seen it with some older Anglican folks. And then you've seen me at a university with a very diverse group.
0: Very. And that's been my favorite part to see Mm -hmm. how the workshop changes based on the people who are there. Yeah. And the words, issues, Mm -hmm. circumstances are all rumbling with.
1: Isn't it amazing? I just love it. So, and there's so many similarities. So one of the similarities that I love talking about is between the definitions of faith and sexuality. So even if you, we did re-record the podcast and instead of saying me asking you defining faith and spirituality and just said, you define sexuality and just kind of dub in how you answered, I think it's exactly the same in terms of it being a whole person how you connect with yourself how you connect with mm-hmm. others how you connect with creator spirit yeah i i just love that piece and that always happens and people start making the connection in the workshop or they're like oh they're very much the same and often we've created as this like binary where you can neither be one or the other and you can't be both but i think that's i think that's what draws us both to this this podcast mm-hmm. um is how much they're the same and how it's it's a place of confusion and love and trust and integrity and also a place of hurt and abuse. Like both places yeah. have hurt people, both people are, or both places can be really life giving.
0: Yeah, and when you look at our society, these are two throw in politics, and those are the three taboo yes. subjects that we're not supposed to talk about. Yes, uh, but they're such the essential people. things to yeah. talk about. about mm-hmm. Because the, the, every single one of those things has to do with how we relate to each other and how we exist together and how we understand ourselves, which then affects how we understand the world around us. Yes. Um, if there's anything we need to talk about, it's the things that our world tells us not to talk
1: about. Yeah. I was just going to say we're the worst people to bring to a party. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, we represent both those things. Like, I'll talk about sex anywhere, and you'll talk about church anywhere. Well, I'm sure that's...
0: Do you find that happen to you when you go to a party? You just You just... And inevitably, inevitably end up in some corner talking with somewhat like-minded person.
1: Sometimes. Sometimes I actually lie about what I do, too. So I'll just say, oh, I'm a youth worker or I'm a teacher. Because, I mean, it depends on where you are. Because sometimes, yeah, there's so much in that conversation, so much hurt and pain sometimes that I really want to be sitting in the corner drinking my root beer and not... Having those conversations. I do the same on planes. Yeah. Yes. Planes. Do not tell tell anybody what you do. No, no. You just say, oh, I'm a youth worker. I also have a fake name that I use sometimes too. Uh, Yeah. My partner made the mistake once we were on a vacation and said, oh, I'm a social worker. And the person happened to be somebody struggling with PTSD who was a paramedic. And we got to sit there for two hours talking about that
0: because that's the one of three things that that I find happening to me is mm-hmm. if I tell someone what I do. Uh, option one is they're completely against it. Yes, and so it's more a much more confrontational kind of yeah. conversation. The other one is I turn it. I go into pastor mode because I have to help them, mm-hmm. um, or it's a really fun conversation because yeah. they, they want to yeah. talk about those things and they're really interested in it. But that that third one's so rare. Yeah, we're often just say, like, "Oh, I work at a bar." Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh, oh that's interesting, good. cool."
1: It's kind of similar, though, isn't it? In terms of people telling you their deepest
0: darkest secrets, I I never had the bartending experience. I think that's oh. a kind of a myth. Oh, okay. Uh, unless you work at kind of an old man bar where you can just kind of sit <laughs> there and rub down the bar. Yeah. Um, right. Every place I've worked at, it's, it's you're too busy moving around. Okay. But the the, the commonality is hospitality. Yes. Um, and I learned so much about how do we create safe and inclusive spaces where people can come in um, to those we call them third spaces where hmm. it's familiar, it's comfortable, it's homey, but it's not home, it's not work, it's not church. Yeah. Um, and how do we why are those places important mm-hmm. where people can come and and just be? Yeah. And yeah. for me, the Peter Rollins talks a lot about how like that taught me so much about church. Because Peter Rollins, he's a philosopher, and he talks a lot about how uh, too many churches are like sport bars, mm-hmm. where you come in to you get drunk, you watch the TV, and everything is geared towards making you forget your day-to-day life. Right. Or you can cheer for sports, you can get drunk. Yeah. But when you leave, uh, everything's still there. Yeah. Everything is waiting for you, and you wake up hungover. Yes. Uh, and he talks about how churches should be like um, Irish pups, where you go in— <laughs> There's no TVs. It's a bit dark. People mm-hmm. are in the corner singing laments. Yes. And people are joining in. Um, the guy next to you is just like, hey, boy, Like, tell me your story. And there's mm-hmm. storytelling. Um, and when you leave, you've actually done a lot of interior work. Yeah. Where you've expressed mourning, you've expressed lament, you've befriended, you've made a community. Yeah. Um, and actually, when you leave, you're actually different. Things aren't waiting for you in the same way.
1: Oh, I would love to have that happen at church. How would you feel if you knew that I actually had beer in a dark corner of an Irish pub with Peter Rollins?
0: I'd be so jealous. It's happened. No way. Yeah.
1: <sighs> he was coming to town and I tweeted him. See, these are my Twitter. When he
0: was days. here like last year?
1: I, it was a couple years ago now. Okay. I tweeted and he said, yeah, let's meet up with your friends. And we all went and had a beer with Peter Rollins. That's awesome. It was amazing.
0: He gives me a nosebleed every time I <laughs> listen to him. Yeah.
1: But, but if you think about that, because I think that happens so much in church world, and that's I think such a disservice to people as a whole and their mental health and their sexual, as a sexual being, that they go into church, you do your thing, and then you leave. Mm-hmm. And I love that you say it's, or I guess he said it was like a hangover, because that's what it feels like. You go in for this hope and this idea to connect, and I think I think there can be really great places to connect, but we're missing that conversation piece and that connection, and you know. Uh, that vulnerability piece. Mm -hmm. I know obviously people talk about, I'll talk about Brené Brown. You can talk about Peter Rollins. I'll talk about Brené Brown, Brown, right? And like she said so much in terms of, yeah, that place of growth is vulnerability and that leaning in. And I see that every day people, as soon as you take that risk and share what's really going on with you, people lean into that and it's beautiful and amazing. But I, I don't see that as much at church when it comes to topics of sex.
0: No, yeah, no, agreed. I think we've done we we've done a very good job at pushing those things outside of the mm-hmm. church doors. Yes, um, and I part of work I want to do is how do we create space in our churches to talk about those our vulnerabilities, or our our rawness, our wounds? Because mm-hmm. that's we got to go into those things in order to come out of them.
1: Yes, not around. We got
0: to go into the, the arena, as you know, Brian yes. would say. And that's, exactly. if there's a place we can do that, mm-hmm. fuck, it's got to be the church. I mean, yes, what other place is there? Yeah. And to create. And I think we have so much more work to do. And, and why I love this podcast is it's an invitation to church leaders in one way to your job is to make space for those conversations, mm-hmm. whether it's Sunday morning or in small groups. Yeah. If Jesus is about being human in the world, if we take the incarnation seriously. Yeah. You know, he was a sexual being. Mm-hmm. You know, he rumbled with all the things that we rumble with. Mm-hmm. And if God came into that, that stuff's good. Yes. Yes. And so let's talk about it. Let's bring it up because that can actually be an avenue towards God and into God and enhance our sense of how to be human and alive in this world and what it means to experience all the pleasures and goodness of life.
1: Mm -hmm. I really like that. You say that our leaders need to be having these conversations and that would agree. So you've been in my workshops and there's, so we usually talk about the the similarities between sexuality and faith. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of go through this jargon piece and it gets really heavy, right? Like every... there's. It, a, it
0: tell, tell us about that shift. Because that, okay. that shift between explaining what faith and sexuality <laughs> is, there's a significant tone change.
1: Yes. Yeah. So faith and sexuality, I think there's this nice aha moment of, oh, these two are connected and they're both a part of me. And people kind of, oh, it's just a little light bulb moment. And then we move right into jargon. So tell me all the jargon that you've heard in... Church world about sex and sexuality, and at first it starts out kind of funny because people start saying, you know, like, "Oh, modest is hottest," and you know they mm-hmm. remember all these like catchphrases like abstinence, that's my choice, and it's fun. <laughs> it was like a movie, yeah. and you can't unhear those things. And you they start naming books, and it's funny, right? Like at first because people are kind of connecting. Oh, I've, I've heard these things, and did they stick for me? And then it gets this point where it's like, oh this is, this is my stuff. This is, these are the messages I'm carrying. And this yeah. is heavy. And and mean, people start remembering stories and they start remembering experiences in churches and relationships, yeah. friendships, right. And partners. And they just, it gets heavy and sad. And I always say, like, I, I let them sit in that moment. And you've seen that where I say, this is why we don't have this conversation. And I think it's why church leaders aren't doing this because it's, achy and it's heavy when we when we dive deep because mm-hmm. i think yeah sex can be fun so can faith but i think like to really dig deep in the existential parts of it it's it's heavy and lonely and scary yeah
0: yeah, yeah and, and as a church leader it's the the weight of that is mm-hmm. what partially pushes me to not engage in those things because it's it's fragile yeah um you know talking about people's woundedness and that tone, what I saw with that and even felt with that tone changes. Yeah. As you said, it's like, Oh, for so long, the, it takes three to tango mm-hmm. and modest mm-hmm. is hottest. It's like, Oh, ha ha. Right. And then like, Holy shit. That's informed. Yes. Everything about how I view my girlfriend and sex. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, even just being on the periphery growing up of conservative evangelicalism, mm-hmm. um, where it was, abstinence and no porn sex is shameful don't look at people bounce the eyes all those things that we were taught i remember kind of looking at that kind of mockingly right and then 20 years later my my experience in your workshop was holy crap like i actually absorbed that yeah and that messed with me yeah and so that tone yeah it's my baggage it's my wounds Mm -hmm. and as after I just finished listing how beautiful faith and sexuality is.
1: Right.
0: Oh, here's what, here's where the church led me. Yeah. Uh, and that's the most painful part of that was that's not the Jesus I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your work, I find, I find so helpful because that helps people cast a different light on it mm-hmm. and see that no sexuality and spirituality can go together. Yeah. And let's do the hard and messy work of, getting through that so yeah. we can kind of be in a new place and, and hold those things together.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I guess I didn't even mention this. Like I didn't grow up in the church. And so for me, my family talked about sex and sexuality and gender and gender identity. And my, my mom didn't believe in like boy, girl toys. Like she was very intentional about those things. And so then when I stepped into the church world as a teenager, you know, I I feel like I probably felt a spiritual connect and a connection to Jesus before I stepped into church world. And so mm-hmm. the idea I had in my head of Jesus didn't match this one in the church just like you said and and so I I've gone back and forth with this since the beginning. So since the beginning I'm like, no, it can't be that. It can't be. And I push back and I push back, but I just yeah, I think it's so helpful to To have that experience, that that moment that you were talking about in the workshop, which is this, oh, I've absorbed this more than I thought. Mm -hmm. And even for me, like, rejecting that and not coming from that background, I've absorbed a lot of it. And I think one of the things I also talk about in so many of my workshops is that this is our dominant culture. Christianity is the dominant culture that we live in in Canada. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's in our government, it's in our holidays, whether, like whether it is what it is. And I think that's unfortunate because I think so many people would say, oh, I'm not going to have sex before marriage, even if they're not a part of the church, but that's a church narrative that's being passed down. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's not just church people. I think it's all people that are impacted by the church's message about sex and sexuality.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Mm -hmm. I, I similarly, I have so many conversations with couples looking to get married Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. most of them don't go to my church. Um, But they all want to get married in a church. Mm -hmm. And so my first question is, like, why here? Yeah. Um, Is it because of me? Have you heard my stuff? Is that, like, do you, like. It's because you have a
1: center aisle, and they want to walk down the middle. And
0: and that's, it comes down where it goes, is it's not, oh, we have a family connection to this church. My grandma goes, oh, it's beautiful, of course, family reason, of course we'll do it here. Yeah. But more often than not, it's, well, we're supposed to. Right. Uh, We're supposed to get married in a church. That's what you do. It's It's a Christian thing. Right. And it's, it's always, like, so fascinating. Like, it's, is it? Is it? Like, why why, why here? Um, if you guys don't, if you're not practicing Christians, if the church has no space and meaning for you, why have this huge moment in your life and huge ritual in this church? And it's because, like you said, our culture mm-hmm. just dictates that. That's what you're supposed to do.
1: It's on our media. It's in our social media. It's in the movies. Yeah, it is. The, it's supposed to. And even, you know, you bring that into a lot of the topics that we want to talk about with like masturbation and dating and porn and just where do those messages, like you're just supposed to, mm-hmm. right? And we create these narratives and I, I hope that this podcast and is just like the workshops that I do, where it can be a place to question the why, why yeah. do we do that? Why do we believe that? And I think so many people do a face do that. They just, well, you just don't. Or you do this, or they're not welcome because of this, it says in the Bible. Like, does it?
0: And that's, and that's where I want to go, because mm-hmm. for all those things that we listed, we have very token answers for yeah. the reasons for all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I'm excited to talk up to people about, does it say that? Yeah. Um, why does it say that? What does it mean when it says that? And to explore definitely scripture, uh, but also the theology of it, and how, how do we interact with that? And can we actually have new roads to go down and new questions to rumble with that can lead us to different places and hold masturbation and dating and relationships in maybe different ways that might be healthier for us.
1: Yeah. And my hope is that people like my goal in terms of bringing sex into church spaces is that I, you know, if, if you want to keep and maintain those beliefs and thoughts, great, but I want it to be informed and it should be an informed decision about why you're doing that. And it should be really owned. And I think that that's what consent is. Like when you say yes to something, it should be fully owned and you should know why you're doing it. Not just because your mom yeah. did it or something, yeah. you know, I sorry. I went to a, a story in my head about my old roommates voting for um, the conservative party because their mom voted for the conservative party. And you know, that's fine, but also read their platform. Right. And it's the same thing with our faith and spirituality, like read, the scriptures, read the people who've studied the scriptures, listen to the conversations and then also listen to mm-hmm. your body. And does it fit with your experience and yeah, making an informed decision about your choices on sex and sexuality.
0: Yeah. That's my goal. Yeah. Yeah. That's p- part of how I've seen my work is just giving people per- permission mm-hmm. to do things. So I, I remember this one time I went to this, his name was Murdoch. Isn't that the coolest name ever?
1: Yes. Yes. Murdoch.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a Muppet to me.
1: <laughs> I imagined somebody with glasses and that was like a scientist.
0: Not he might have been. Like I, I didn't know him too well, but he an older guy in the church. Mm. Um, and now I
1: yeah I can he, picture him.
0: Uh, a couple years prior to this, his his wife had died, mm-hmm. um, and so I went over just to kind of see him. I was new to the church and wanted to touch base. Uh, and he had so much anger within him towards God about the loss of his wife. Yeah. Um, and I asked him, like, have you told God this? He's like, Oh, I could never right. do that. Like, you can't you can't tell God you're angry at, at him. Yeah. And it was, well, you know, it's interesting because if you look at the Psalms, yes. you know, it's full, which are our prayers, it's full of people yelling at God, ranting and raving at mm-hmm. God, trusting and knowing that God is big enough and loving enough to take it.
1: Yeah.
0: And so, you know, I want to give you permission to tell God off. Yeah. And he's like, I, I can do that? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, try it out. And so the next week he came and was like, I I feel so much better. I had a mm-hmm. great talk with God.
1: That's so nice. And I was That's able beautiful.
0: to get that out. And it's that taught me a lot about these kinds of conversations where the taboo nature of it, the heaviness of it, the woundedness of it, tell us we're not allowed to talk about the, those things. Mm-hmm. We even tell ourselves we're not allowed to go there. Mm-hmm. But if if this can be a an entrance into those conversations mm-hmm. um, and giving me permission to yeah let's talk about all that stuff because this is stuff we're all thinking about and rumbling with yes and let's let's talk about it so we can actually navigate it in a safe and healthy way
1: yeah and yeah it feels so lonely and i i mean i went to bible college for a hot second but even the <laughs> word <laughs> well it was a few years it some days felt longer than others but israel even is struggling and wrestling with God, which I love that. And and that's what it should be, like our relationship with God, I think isn't beautiful and butterflies and rainbows. I think it's, I think it's a struggle. And I think it's, I mean, I love Hebrew Bible scripture because of that, because it's constantly like leading them to, you know, the promised land and then them kind of forgetting God mm-hmm. and then God kind of shaking them and then Oh, yeah, there's this God that we've been worshiping, and then they come back, and then they forget, and then they come back, and it's not linear. It's not nice. It's messy and complicated. Yeah, virgin. it takes.
0: I talk a lot about how it takes sweat. Yeah. Like it, it takes a lot of work, and mm-hmm. and it's this movement, it's growth, it's rumbling. You know, if if it doesn't hurt, you're not doing it right. Yeah. And because that's not like, the, the same
1: for sex. Just so you know.
0: <laughs> break caveat. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but in terms of spirituality, like it's, yes. it's it's about movement, it's about growth and change, and you need to kind of enter into it. Yeah, enter into the Hebrew scriptures and even the whole what Jesus talks about, about following and leaving home in order to find it. It's constant movement and change and growth. Yeah. And struggle.
1: So, I think we're going to struggle through some stuff together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We've got the things that you mentioned, we've got a whole other list, um, and probably each episode we'll break that one down and see how it where it goes and what parts of sexuality and spirituality does it touch on yeah uh, from the christian perspective and and invite people to enter into that struggle of of moving through those things and maybe hopefully ideally holding them in a different way
1: yeah
0: that's life goals life goals podcast goals life
1: podcast goals let's start there (laughs) and then life goals we'll start here Yeah. yeah yeah
0: Hey, thank you so much for listening to Prayer and Private Parts, a podcast about sex and Jesus. If you liked what you heard and you want to hear more, head to soundcloud.com slash prayer and private parts for more episodes. And if you have some questions, if you have some requests, email us. You can reach me and Jillian at prayerandprivateparts@gmail.com. at gmail.com. But thanks so much for listening and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Please note that while these conversations are just conversations between us, they do not replace any serious psychological or even theological advice. And then if you find yourself triggered in one of our episodes, please know that you can find help in your area. If you don't know of any of those places that are safe for you to access in terms of a distress center or a church that's safe and affirming, we can try and help you find that and you can email us.